Wait, one sec, one sec. I had to, I had to drink a beer to cool down. So I'm going <laughs> to finish this beer before we officially start. Well, yeah, I want a beer, kind of. <laughs> I kind of want to have a beer. I'm done work. I'm done Do work right now, so I can have a beer. You go and get a beer. Okay, okay. Treat yourself. No, no sponsorship here. Okay. It's All one right, of those well, like. Cheers. Well, cheers, cheers to you, cheers. Ryan. Cheers to you. <laughs> COVID style cheers. Cheers. Yeah, exactly. The, the, Zoom, the Zoom meeting cheers like many people are doing. Exactly. Well, I'm excited to have you back on the show. I thought you were great last time, um, a couple episodes ago when you were talking about men's mental health. And I want to have you back on because like we were telling the listeners, you and I always have such amazing chats about all kinds of different topics and mm-hmm. the other day we were talking on the phone and we were talking about self-love and i was like this would be a great podcast topic for taylor and i to discuss so thanks for being down for that and uh also being down to have a beer uh hey there it's, we go. it's a beer you know why not sometimes you gotta exactly. just yourself some self-love i'm i'm done work and you are not, i guess you I'm haven't on- started school I haven't started school. I'm summer vacation, but I had a uh, busy morning taking care of some student council responsibilities, but it's all good. It's, it's relaxed. And I think I needed to cool down a bit before starting this podcast so we could uh, keep it fly and just keep it, you know, smooth as we go along. So I love that. I love that. And if you don't mind sharing some of your updates, uh, I think since our last podcast, you may have had the update when we record the podcast, but yeah, there's some big changes in your life. Yeah, so I mean, this summer I w- and I'm going in between. I'm going into my third year of naturopathic medical school, and so it's the summer between second and third year. And many of my, you know, classmates they chose to write the regulatory exams, NPLEX, and I decided to take a little bit of a hit to not write the exams and not study because I kind of I needed to focus on myself, and that was hard because you know, a lot of times self-worth comes from like what you're studying, a job and stuff. And to be honest, my goal this summer, as cheesy as it might sound, is was to find a girlfriend and (laughs) find someone to kind of share stuff because I know my best self and it's just me and not everyone's the same, but it comes from when I'm sharing, you know, my life with someone else. And I know that if I want to be prepared going into school and then in fourth year, here we start our internship next May well, I, where I will be under a supervisor, of course, but seeing my own patients that, you know, having that emotional support, having that someone in my life, that will help me with school overall. So instead of studying, I was like, okay, I mean, I kind of need a relationship. So I am, I have a new relationship. We started dating a month ago, yesterday, you know, it was uh, July 10th. We started dating. We started talking on Hinge, one of those dating apps. This is not a promotion for any of those dating apps, of course, (laughs) just saying where I met and, you know, we were talking, but it's been quick, but I'm okay with that. I think that my past experiences with relationships have led me to understand what I'm looking for. Um, You know, that pick and choose where I can be very comfortable in saying that, like, I'm happy with this. And even if it's going quick, we're both comfortable. We keep open communication about that. And that's the number one thing in relationships is like communication. So that's my big update is I have a new girlfriend. So that's cool. So Wow, congrats. Cheers. To cheers. To Hold on. I need to grab my beer. <laughs> my bedside <laughs> table's on this left side. So here we go. Cheers. Cheers to that. 100%. <laughs> 
That's so exciting. But yeah, so that's that's my big update. What about yourself? What's uh, I think you you've had something else been going on <laughs> since our last thing, and it's pretty big too. Yeah, I don't think I've told the listeners yet, but I uh, got a job in Ottawa, Canada's capital, the nation's capital, Ooh. and I'm going to be working as a TV producer here, which is super exciting and uh it's it's going really well so far i'm enjoying it i love the city i love my new place i gave you a facetime tour the other day beautiful and i the love my paper team. behind you beautiful. i know this this is authentic this is not a zoom background this is actually <laughs> my wallpaper that i didn't put in same with uh, me my, yeah. <laughs> my residence room that i live in not a zoom background. not a zoom wallpaper no um, and yeah, no, this came with a place which I loved. It made it even more unique. And yeah, I'm enjoying the job and I love the team. The team is super nice and supportive. And uh, yeah, I'm producing, I'm producing here, booking guests, and uh, it's making me even better for um, the podcast as well. Um, I, think, I think it's right down your alley. That's for sure. In terms of just, you know, what you wanted to do. And I, when you first told me, I was very, very happy, thrilled to kind of hear because Hey, when an opportunity comes along, you got to take it. And you, you did, you know, you took the risks, you took the chances and it paid off, which doesn't happen a lot. So it's good to hear stories of that for sure. Thank you. It's scary because I got offered the job and I think within two or three weeks, I was moved to Ottawa. So I moved my entire life from Toronto. Uh, you know, this is the first time I've ever moved like this and starting a new job. And it's just funny how like everything worked out so seamlessly, which makes it it makes it even more apparent that this was all meant to be like even yeah. my first day moving in, I met someone that's somewhat around my age who ended up becoming a friend of mine who's in the same building, who's on the same floor. And it's crazy because now it's like, I also have a friend in Ottawa already. And you haven't even, it was like not even a weekend and you have no. a friend. That's awesome. Exactly. We went yeah. for a hike. We've hung out. We've gone up to dinner. My friends who went to school in Ottawa um, have visited and um, yeah, it's, it's going really well so far and uh, I'm excited for this opportunity. And um, also I'm excited that you're on the podcast again, that we can do this and jump into self-love because yeah, you and I were talking about this on the phone the other day and I was just asking you your advice because mm -hmm. self-love is something that I feel like I've really gained for myself in the last like year, maybe two years. And that took time because before, you know, you may think that you have it, but you know, you always feel like you have to have someone that you're texting or you need to, if you want to go see a movie, you want to go with someone that you're seeing or you want to go with a friend. And then eventually I just made the switch of, you know what, if I want to see that movie, I'm just going to go by myself. Or I don't have to be texting someone, you know, I can just be happy in my career, happy with my friends and do my own thing. Now, yes, it would be nice to share those experiences with someone. A hundred percent. I value that. But that's different than learning how to be okay on your own as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, if you don't mind talking a little bit about that too, because I know you've made that journey. Yeah. And like something that kind of clicked came to my mind as you were saying all that things is, uh, you know, being okay with being single. That's a big thing. And that's like a big thing that I think a lot of us are scared of doing, especially like I know myself, I was a guy who I always call myself a boyfriend guy, you know, I always <laughs> preferred being in a relationship. But a lot of the time we might 
not be in the best state of mind to jump into that relationship and we don't realize it until it ends and it there you know it kind of blows up in our faces and all this stuff but that's something that again similar to your journey i've had a similar journey of understanding that you know to really truly find someone who i want to be with i have to be able to give love to someone i have to have fully given love to myself because really if you can't love yourself how can you love others? And that's like something I kind of say and have learned. And it rings true from experiences of myself, from friends that have told me stories. And, you know, even talk, talking to you and hearing all your, like your stories, it's like, well, you learn to love yourself and like things kind of start to click. And, you know, you don't judge yourself for not having a person to text or not having someone to go to the movies with. And you can be happy by yourself. And, you know, for as extroverts, like you and I definitely are, you know, even introverts, everyone can have that problem. But like, you know, especially I feel like extroverts definitely kind of feel like they need that, um, that someone. And so it's yeah. hard to learn that, hey, I can enjoy a movie by myself. Like, yeah, I can just enjoy my friends and not have a romantic relationship at the same time. There doesn't need to be a romantic aspect to these friendships 100%. all the time. So yeah, yeah I've, I've definitely, I think, you know, journeys are different, but definitely coming to similar conclusions, which I think is why we're here today talking about this for sure. For sure. And like, the thing is, I've definitely, I've left a concert that I've gone to by myself and saw couples holding hands and thought, you know, it would have been nice to have shared this experience with someone else. Like, you know, how you were talking about being able to have someone this school year and that was a goal of yours and, you know, experience new things and be with them. And I, I definitely value that. I totally do. However, I've also gone on trips by myself or gone out and done something on my own and then met people because sometimes when you're with someone else, other people may not approach you because they're like, oh, well, they're, you know, they're clearly busy with someone else. So yeah. it, it works both ways, right? Like, I think it's good to have a bit of a balance. Yep. Definitely. No, exactly. And that, that's so true. It's like, you know, it's not that you close off doors and it's not like, okay, relationships are a bad thing or anything, but some people that are constantly in and out of relationships may not see that, oh, if I went on a trip by myself, I may make friends, have experiences that I wouldn't if I was kind of like maybe trying to pamper to my loved one or, you know, yeah. trying to work together, which, you know, every relationship is kind of like about working together and communicating and stuff. But yeah, like, I think that's something that I even found out is like oh this can be okay being single like it's okay to kind of like enjoy the stuff by myself even though i knew i did want to be with someone yeah well it's, it's still okay to like have that time and i think that's important i think many young people you know that's something that is important to experience before kind of settling down get that experience get that single experience whatever it is what would you say is the harm in basing your self-worth in someone else's, you know, opinion of you? There's a lot. <laughs> no, but I mean, just like, frankly speaking, you know, you can't, it's, it's not healthy to do that because when you're basing your self-worth on other people's opinions, like then you're dependent on that person. And it's not to say anything about others, but like at the end of the day, you can only depend on yourself. And that's the truth. And even when you're with that loved one, you know, you're working together and you're communicating, but you can't control what they're thinking. Yeah. You know, 
it's, it all comes back to you. So when you do like define your self worth kind of based off of someone else's view, it makes it really hard to be anything without that person. And like, that's not fair to us. We need to be able to be our authentic selves with or without that person. And that's something I think a key word is authentic self, because like when you find that relationship, you should be able to be your authentic self with them, just like you were when you were in that kind of journey of finding that self-love and you're like, oh, this is who I am. This is what I like. And then you, yeah. can, and then you can communicate to that person when you find them because now you know yourself and they don't have to figure it out for you. And that's just going to make things a little bit smoother down the line, I would say. <laughs> Definitely. And I think that this isn't saying that you can't go on dates and you can't meet people because I find that going on dates and meeting people and finding that someone isn't the one for you actually can help you find yourself more and what you're looking for in a way, because then you're like, you know what, that person didn't work out, but they didn't work out because of X, Y, and Z. And now it makes me realize that like, those are traits that I really want in someone. And perhaps there are traits that I was lacking in that relationship or in that, you know, on those dates or in that friendship. And then you can work on those yourself too. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's one of those things that I have, you know, and I've been on many dates and had, you know, girlfriends throughout the year that not many, many dates, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I've been on enough where I found out, what do I like, you know, what I don't like in terms of what works. And I mean, throughout it all, some of the times I'd find certain people and I'd be in relationships with them when maybe I wasn't in the best state of mind, I wasn't practicing that self love. And I learned that I was kind of attracting people that were in a similar mindset to me. And I think that when you do ultimately kind of work towards that self love, then you're able to find that someone that like, it's really going to work out with. And not to say that I regret any of the the relationships I've had. I cherish and I'm always grateful. And I always try and take a positive things on things, uh, positive spin on things where, you know, I can take like a lesson from it. And just what you're saying, like, you know, it's good to have those experiences to learn what you don't like. So that when you find someone that, you know, you're kind of thinking long-term things with, it's like, I'm confident in this because they have the qualities that I do like and, you know, the things I don't like, you know, it's, it's not so much. So that's definitely important to get those experiences. So, you know, what doesn't work for you because we, we need to take control. We need to know ourselves what we can't have someone else tell us what we don't like and we don't like. And that's kind of, again, back to the, like basing your self-worth on someone else's opinions. Sometimes we allow ourselves to get pushed around friends, family, even, telling us you know based on maybe we've been hurt a lot and then they think they're being protective over us and that's okay and it's because they love us but it's only us that truly knows at the end of the day and that's what kind of the self-love gets to is like us truly knowing and it allows us to give us confidence to say hey i know i've been there and i know i haven't been in a right state and maybe i haven't had the best relationships but you can trust me now because, you know, I'm loving myself. So I don't know yeah. as cheap as it sounds, but yeah, 100%. That's so true. And I think the other risk with basing your self-worth and also learning more about yourself through what other people think about you is that can be a control tactic 
right? In a, in an unhealthy relationship, because then they're telling you how you should be and your failings. And perhaps, you know, you need to be more and this and that, but it's a never ending cycle. Whereas if you learn yourself, the things that you need to work on, you can work on them on your own rather than someone trying to find the things. And I'm not talking about in a constructive way. I'm talking about if you are in an unhealthy relationship where your self-worth is based on their opinion of you. Well, that's a control thing because they can switch their opinion like that and have you um, following after them looking for that affirmation, right? Exactly. Yes. A hundred percent. And I think, I think the other thing that, you know, we talked about, is once you get to this level of self-love and knowing your value and knowing your awesome traits and knowing, you know, for example, in relationships Mm -hmm. uh, that you'd make an awesome partner, if you go for someone and you get rejected, how do you deal with that? Because that's something that I've kind of struggled with is I've gotten to this point where I do love myself and, you know, there's always ways that, you know, I can improve, but, you know, I'm, pretty happy with how I look right now. There's certain things that I I still want to improve on, but I'm like, you know what? I like how I look. I'm going to post that picture and not really caring if someone would post the picture of themselves like that. I want to post it. So I've gone into that point, but then sometimes I'll go for someone and maybe they don't feel the same way that I do about them towards me. And then it's like, well, why can't they see that I would be a great partner kind of thing. And then that's kind of what I've struggled with recently to open up to the listeners. And it's something that I brought up with you on our yeah. phone call. So yeah. I, I would love for you to share what you shared with me. Well, and I mean, it's only because I've dealt with it as well. And kind of like that getting rejected and being like, wait, but I thought I was a great guy. And you know, people yeah. give me compliments and all this stuff. But then why haven't you and you know, you kind of like, you're in that past and you're kind of letting that past experiences kind of boil in your brain. And really something I've learned, uh, you know, kind of through a meditation master I listened to, he talks about how when you are your true authentic self, again, keyword, your true authentic self that, you know, you go into every experience and when you are yourself, then like you need to come out of it and not have regrets. Hmm. So, if that person doesn't like you for whatever reason, and that's their own journey, then you need to understand that, well, like, hey, I tried my best. I yeah. was myself, so I don't need to beat myself up about it or question, like, why didn't they like me? Why, like, was it this? Did, what, did my hair not look good that one time? <laughs> or this and that? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, I think that's a key thing is kind of like, it's hard to say live with no regrets. And that's, you know, that's almost impossible to say. But what I'm saying is that when you are able to just like, you know, you get to that self love that you understand and are confident in yourself, that when rejection happens, it's like, okay, it wasn't meant to be. And that's very difficult to get to. That's not easy at all. But like how you can kind of get there is understanding that like, you do not need to feel bad about being yourself. And, you know, not trying to take it personally. And that's a big thing. But when you have confidence that, like, I did the best I did, I could, you know, I wasn't trying to be fake. I wasn't, then you really shouldn't have regrets of those experiences. And again, trying to take positives out of it. Well, I learned that maybe this guy or girl, you know, had these kind of qualities and I didn't like it. But I agree. And I've done it myself where you can get walloped in the emotions of, 
why didn't it work out? Why didn't it work out? What did I do wrong? Well, you did nothing wrong if you're being yourself and that's it. And that's kind of what you can take away from like rejections, which happen all the time. And they're hard. Like rejections, they suck. Cause it's like, yeah, sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. And you sit there in bed and you just stare up in the ceiling and you're just like this world love doesn't make sense. Oh, I'm going to be alone forever. And you know, I've done it. I like, I'm sure you have too. It's like kind of that hopeless feeling. And I think that's what rejection can do. But like, you know, to those listeners, like the self love work is important because then you can be confident in the interactions you have in relationships. And when it, when rejection happens, okay, it happened. Wasn't meant to be, let's move on and let's not try and beat ourselves up about it because then that's doing the opposite of self-love, right? You're judging. That's so true. And having that confidence, I think can help you get over it. You may have a little bit of a mourning period with a relationship that doesn't work out. Of course, we're human. Uh, Of course, we're human. human. Exactly. Exactly. But I find that now, since I've developed more of a sense of self and more self-love and I'm not perfect, but Mm -hmm. I find that when rejection happens that, yeah, I'm a bit upset at first, but then it's like, okay, well, plenty of fish in the sea kind of thing and there'll yeah. be someone else or it wasn't meant to be and there's a reason why it didn't work out and someone else is going to come along that is an even better match it's still hard of course but yeah. whereas before it'd be like you know no one likes me like you know uh what's wrong with me kind of thing yeah. and that doesn't really do anyone any favors by thinking that way does it well no and i mean you know I mean, we all do it and it's hard. And I think, and this is something else, you know, I I think I wanted to kind of talk about today that I kind of had jotted down thinking about this talk is like comparing ourselves to others. Yeah. Right. And like really kind of like, you know, you see people at a concert holding hands, leaving. Why isn't that me? Like, why can't I find that? Right. And at the end of the day, we're all on our own personal journey. First of all, you don't even know if that's a healthy relationship. You know, like who knows what what is that relationship even going on in your mind? You're like, that's a perfect relationship. That's what I want. Again, you don't know what they're thinking. You don't know what, Hey, maybe it is, but maybe it completely isn't. So why even waste effort on like comparing yourself to other people and other things? And I think that makes us kind of beat ourselves up because, you know, maybe, uh, you know, friends, family, will have healthy relationships and kind of you get into your head, like, why me? Like, why not me? Like, why can't I find that? And again, it's just about, okay, let's, you know, kind of like stop, observe. You got to detach from the, you know, the whole situation and awaken. That's some, it's an acronym I learned again, it's SODA. So stop, observe, detach, awaken. So take a couple breaths, stop, right? observe so try and look at it objectively try not to look at it with that subjective point of view detach from it being like you know what that was their decision they decided not to like me that's okay and then i mean awaken that can sound very new agey type word but to me it just means like awaken back to yourself like wake up to who you are like you are really there so like that's something else that when it comes and those times come, it's okay. You're right. We're going to feel those emotions. We're going to beat ourselves up about it, but let's not try and do it forever. You know, let's take a couple breaths, stop, observe, detach, and awaken. And that's something, again, 
a meditation mastermind guide that like I listened to. He taught me that too. It's, it's good stuff, but like, I did not make up this stuff on my own. This is not for me. This is other people's words. I just want to kind of like give it out there because it's something I've used and I, it's important. Can you say it one more time? So the acronym is soda, like a soda, soda. pop, soda. Okay. So stop, yeah. observe, okay. detach, and awaken. Oh, I like that. And I like acronyms. And it's, no, but it's true because I feel like, you know, obviously we stop and observe, right? Yep. Yep. But then we may not detach right away. And then you start getting in this snowball of overthinking it and what could you've done better and all that. And then if you keep doing that, then you may not awaken and you may be stuck on someone where it wasn't meant to be. So I feel like those two crucial steps at the end there are something that maybe some people miss. So I appreciate you sharing that. I, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I kind of had heard, looked at a couple other days, even like talk to some people, even not about relationships. It can be just not even romantic relationships. This can be relationships in general, right? Business yeah. relationships. How do I deal with someone that is making me emotionally frustrated? Let's stop, <laughs> observe, detach and awaken. But friendships, relationships are the same no matter what. You need open communication, all the things you need to try and be yourself, business, per, like uh, personal and romantic. But we're talking about the romantic stuff today. And it definitely, if we're able to do that, it can kind of help us get on back on that path of self-love, right? And so you're, again, I completely agree with you. The last two are the hardest. And that's something that people get stuck on in terms of detaching. And then awakening is just like the moving on part. You've detached and now you're going to move on and try and take some positives from it. You know, yeah. try, even though not everyone has an optimistic point of view, I would say many people are realists nowadays. You know, they're not either pessimistic or optimistic. They're kind of just like, this is the real world. This is how it is. But yeah you know, you can still take lessons. You can still be like, yeah, it's real, but I really didn't like this. So yeah, that's real. <laughs> it's true. And learn from it, right? At yeah. the end of the day, that's what's important. And with this current relationship that you're in, did you find that it just happened naturally where you didn't even have to think about how you were being? I, I did. Like, it was very natural. I want to say one thing that I know I've been telling a lot of people and it has to do with texting. Okay. And you know, obviously now with online dating, whatever app you choose, you're going to be messaging them. And I know yeah. with past relationships or, you know, possible relationships, I, I tend to get anxious when I text. I'm a, yeah, I'm definitely me too. a bit of an anxious texter where after I send off that message and I click send, it's like, did I say too much? Did yeah you know, why aren't they replying back right away? All they're not this, replying the same as they not, used to. They yeah. took two minutes longer than usual. Did I mess this up? Yeah. We all do that. We all do that. So what I observed in this new relationship is I wasn't doing that. I was like, mm. I think, and she did a really good job at kind of validating my like feelings. Like when I would text her three long messages, she would text me three long messages back. Oh, okay, okay. And it was kind of like one of those things that like, you know, I mean, obviously the first week or two and stuff, but after we kind of got off the app, as, as you usually try and do, you know, you get the number and maybe try and set up that first date. You know, once I got her 
phone number. I was like, no, this girl is like cool. I like, I, I already have this trust in her that she's like, you know, it's, she's not, if she's not texting me back, she's probably busy. And like, it's yeah. normal. We all have really busy lives and stuff. Like even during quarantine, like things pop up and sometimes you can't be on your phone all the time. And, and honestly, I prefer someone who isn't on their phone all the time that, you know, that's, that's something that I like, but yeah, I think that was something that back to your point of like, you know, kind of, did I like, did I it feel natural right away? It like, I never had that feeling before. I never wow. really text and not feel anxious about my text. And that was something early on that I'm like, okay, I need to kind of like, maybe put a look like, I need to pay attention to this. Cause this isn't me. This isn't, this isn't how I am in relationships. I'm usually super anxious when I text. Yeah. I overthink. I think you and I do the same thing, just overthinking. So it was nice because it's like, whoa, this is someone who I'm not overthinking with. And I think that was where I kind of first got the clues that like, this might be naturally kind of getting into like the swing of things. So yeah. that was like a first initial thing that I noticed. And I think that you can't, you can try to control the overthinking, right? Definitely like trying yeah. to make it so that the, you know, the thoughts don't turn into, you know, the snowball effect. I know I mentioned that a lot, but you know, a tiny snowball rolling down a hill and turning into a bigger deal than what it is. For sure. You can try to control that as into much as you avalanche. can into an avalanche <laughs> and that can happen. Avalanche. It can happen quick. Yes. But the thing is, is that you can try to control that, but I mean, it may still, you know, come up. And yeah. I think that the key thing is, is that some people, if they make you feel that way all the time, maybe it's not all you, maybe some of it's you, maybe it means that they're not the right person. Because I do agree with you that when it's the right person, I feel like it's seamless and easy. It's like my move in this new job and everything. I mean, there's obviously going to be uh, new challenges, you know, say you move to a new place and start a new job and meet new people. Just as an example, same with a relationship. There may be new challenges, of course, but it still feels right. And I feel like when it feels right is when you know that that's the one and yeah. whether that's marriage or whether it's dating and leading to marriage. But I feel like that's when I've been talking to you throughout this whole process of you getting to know your current girlfriend mm -hmm. is it always felt like to me, the way that you're describing all of it was that it was so natural and so seamless and things were just moving so naturally. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it was a shock to me as well kind of thing. I'm like, how is this happening? Like so natural and stuff. But, you know, I have a couple friends that are in pretty healthy, long relationships. And like one of my best friends, he actually like, it's funny. We talked about that honeymoon phase that everyone yeah. talked about. He's like, I don't believe in that. He's like six years in, I'm still in the honeymoon phase. And I'm like, that's beautiful. Like that is beautiful. I want that because like, uh -huh maybe like we term it a honeymoon phase because we're with people that we're not meant to be with. And as soon as it stops being good, we're like, well, that was the honeymoon phase. And now it's okay. That's shitty. Cause there's only a honeymoon phase for a bit. And unless you have people around you, luckily I do that like have very healthy, strong relationships, you know, <laughs> then they tell me things like that. I'm like, I never thought of it like that. I thought that was a thing. And he's like, w like, why? Like it should always feel fun. And like that honeymoon phase, however, you know, people define it as, but it just means like when you're first getting to know someone and there's still that spark and, you know, for a very long lasting relationship, you need to have that because like when conflicts happen, which they will, 
You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. life is not all like, you know, funds and it's all fun and roses and it's not all like that. It's not a honeymoon the whole time, but with your significant other. And again, it's only maybe like kind of once you kind of get to that self-love that you can find someone like that, where you can always tap into that honeymoon phase. And I think that's important. So I, I think that's kind of like a taboo word now. I want to, I want to get rid of that honeymoon phase thing. Cause it kind of gives well, people an excuse a bit in a sense, like to be, yeah. to, be in a, to be stuck in a better, I don't know. What do you think about that? That's well, that's, that's interesting. No, it's interesting because I don't know if I want to get rid of the term. However, yes, I mean, okay, <laughs> but it's interesting that you I'm say extreme. that though. No, but it's interesting that you say that because it's true. If it's a stage, then doesn't it end? It's like, if you're defining it like that, then that means it's going to end. And then that means it's okay for conflict to happen. Not to say yes. that there won't be conflict, but what I mean is like, you should always be able to tap back into that honeymoon phase yes. feeling five years down the road. Like, Sorry, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. tapping into it. Tapping into it. That What you said about tapping into it really hit home with me. Mm-hmm. And that's because it's something that doesn't necessarily go away. You may move on to the other stage, but you can tap into that honeymoon stage. And it reminds me of um, advice that my mom gives with dating, which is that if it's not great at the beginning, it's not going to get any better, which I do agree with. Because at the start... I like that. I like that. At the start, you're going to be putting on your best face forward. Of course, you know, you want to be your natural face and all that, but everyone is trying to impress the other person at the start. And it, it doesn't mean that you're being fake. It just means no. that you're, you're showing your highlight reel of yeah. you. But yeah. if it's already not that great, it's probably not going to get any better. I've never heard of someone like not being in the honeymoon stage and then jumping to the honeymoon stage later. So. Yeah. I agree that I think that you should be able to tap back into the honeymoon stage and not use it as an excuse to then just things not work out and, you know, we're past the honeymoon stage and that's why. It's like, no, let's continue to be happy and happy that we're together. Yeah, and I like that. And so, yeah, I I, uh, retract my statement. We're not getting rid of the word, but... (laughs) But it's not something that, it's not always constant, but it's something that like, even when conflict happens, you can still spend a Sunday with your significant other and feel that honeymoon stage again. The rest of the week can be hectic, 100%. But you're still able to sit next to them or lie next to them, watch a movie next to them, and just kind of like feel those feelings that like you're right at the beginning of the relationship. We're we're, we're putting on our best selves. But it's, it's, it's for a point of like, this is who I am. And when I'm not like this, it's because maybe stress and like, maybe I need a little help with that. And I think that's okay. I think that we are such an independent society right now that we're kind of afraid to admit that like, maybe we do need that kind of support sometimes. Friends are great. Family is great. But like, there's something about that romantic relationship of your significant other that they can be there to support you when you aren't your highlight reel anymore. And that's important because we need that. We all need that. We're never, we're not always a highlight reel that we wouldn't be human. Then. I love that. Yeah. And I want to go on to our next topic about whether you think that, and it ties into self-love in a way, because obviously you want to love yourself, but you may still want to be with someone else. Do you feel as though that everyone has a soulmate out there? They have that one person or maybe multiple people that they would be the perfect match for. So I, I'm going to answer with yes, because I am a hopeless romantic, but I don't want that. I don't want that to, I don't want that to make my, me lose my validity because I'm going to go into this a bit. Now, something my mom told me, 
early on when I had my heart broke on, broken early on with someone who like, you know, I felt was my first love. She was like, you know, you can always have feelings for that first love and that's okay. It's not, it doesn't mean, you know, you don't want to, you know, be vindictive or, you know, kind of like spite them or anything. And it's okay to still have, you can always have those feelings for that first love. And like, I truly believe that, you know, there's always, there's always an input of like, can exes be friends, this and that. I don't see why not. If they're both mature and it's like, we shared that moment in time together. And this is where my explanation is going to go is like, everyone is on their own trajectories. And when you're with someone, it's like, you guys are in that trajectory together, but then this does happen. And sometimes when that happens, people don't break up and maybe things like, you know, cheating can happen or some of those bad things that then it ends up. But we need to understand that like, yes, like we're all kind of on our own trajectory that sometimes we can line up and, it, and if it goes apart, we need to learn to be okay with it. And yeah. that doesn't mean we cannot look back and cherish that, you know, that little bit of time, year, two years, six months, whatever it was, five years, 10 years of that person. And then our lives kind of went separate ways. So in terms of soulmates, that would be saying that we have someone whose line lines up for the rest of our life. Do I believe in it? Yes, I do. Do I think it's extremely hard to find? Yes, I do. But I also don't think we need to find our soulmates to be happy necessarily. Okay. I still think that, um, I think that this can happen and we can come back. And I think that's normal because it's, it would be too hard to like say and like tell the listeners that you're only going to be truly happy if you're with your soulmate. Cause like, I think you have to be really lucky. You got to pick some four leaf clovers. You got to put a horseshoe <laughs> in your back pocket or something. <laughs> but all I'm trying to say is that like when you're with someone, if, or if not, they're your soulmate, cherish that time that you have together. And again, if you have that strength and self love as your paths start to go away, which happens, jobs, moving, you know, maybe a family emergency. So there's so many things that can cause this to happen. It doesn't mean that you can't cherish what that was, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's hard for people to hear me and be like, Oh yeah, no way. There's no soulmate. Like what is even a soul and this and that I, I, I true, I truly believe that's me and that's okay. And that's me. But I still think that even if you don't have the soulmate, I think that you can still cherish those times that, you know, you can even have multiple soulmates. Maybe it's like they're your soulmate for that time. And then you yeah. move apart and then you're going to get another one. So like, I don't think soulmate needs to be def- definitive. I don't think it needs to be one person. I think it just needs to be like, who are you meant to be within this moment in time? And I've yeah. never said that before. So <laughs> no, that that's <laughs> a great, that <laughs> that's a great way to put it. And I've never, I mean, I've always thought that there's at least one person and there could be multiple people out there for everyone. Yeah. Um, but I think that you said it perfectly, whereas like there are people that come in and out of our lives and maybe they were our quote unquote soulmate or our best friend or whatever it may be at that time. And we needed them in our life, but maybe they're not right for the next chapter, but they may be like, you know, there could be a soulmate that is right for yeah. every single chapter in your life yeah. and same with a best friend. But I think that just because like you said, a relationship doesn't work out, it doesn't mean there has to be ill will. You know, you can cherish the moments that you did have with them and that they were in your life for a reason, I believe. Yeah. So. Oh, yes, exactly. And, and, and that is something that I do believe in. I believe like, you know, 
everyone, you know, everyone that comes into your life is kind of there to teach you a lesson in a sense, mm. right? Even those bad relationships, which is why I do my best to like always like, you know, kill them with kindness, just look back. And, you know, again, this is me coming from like working on that self-love where I don't regret me putting myself in a situation that I got hurt in. You know, I can yeah. beat myself up about that where, man, Taylor, I can't believe you did that. You know, you really kind of put yourself out there and it did not turn out well. Well, I ended up learning a lot about myself. And, you know, even with my girlfriend currently, if all those experiences I hadn't happened before, that if they, if they never happened, who, who knows if I would have met my girlfriend now or if I would have known that she was good for me like I do now because yeah. I've had those experiences. So that's another way to kind of reframe it of like, you may know at the moment in time it's bad, but then later on it's actually good. Like you needed that to be able to find maybe this someone that you are going to be really happy with for the rest of your life or for 20 years of your life or for the next five years. And then you move to Australia and it just isn't going to work out. Who knows? This world is ever changing. And I, I don't like to believe in absolutes. There is no, because then, because then that causes us to be hard on ourselves if it doesn't work out. If we think there's one soulmate and one soulmate for everyone, like, let's not try and be so absolute. Let's try and open our minds since now in our society, you got to be open-minded in, <laughs> in every yeah. sense of the way. But yeah, let's try and open our mind that like, hey, like, let's not beat myself up about a relationship I had that didn't work out. And it doesn't mean that they weren't meant to be there. They were. They were meant to be there. And they probably taught you a lesson in the end. And that's something that is really hard to understand. And I think you can understand it by tapping into that self-love. All the way back to the beginning and the topic. It all falls back to that. That's great. You said it perfectly, I think. And I think a lot of people that will resonate with and it will give them hope as well. But it also won't make them feel upset if you know, maybe the timeline that they thought things would be isn't the timeline that ended up happening, right? And that ties into the, you know, maybe not everything's absolute. Uh, some people would say that it is. Either way, I think everything happens for a reason, as tough as some things may be, yep. and that there is a plan out there. And, um, you know, I believe in God, and I believe in uh, the universe. And I believe that, yeah, things happen for a reason and things are brought into your life for a reason. And everyone has some sort of purpose. It's tough sometimes to, you know, figure out what that is. Yeah. But I think that it's important to just know that even if this chapter doesn't feel like the best in your life, that better things are coming along. And I think that that's important, whether it's a relationship or, um, you know, friendships or family issues or whatever it may be a career i think that people just need to have hope and realize that um that things can get a lot better um which you know ties into this topic ties into self-love and it's an important thing to remember yeah um the other thing that i wanted to bring up was do you think that you would be happy being single for the rest of your life so me personally no that is, that's me but okay I, I i agree but, though but how how can you have self-love and i'm just playing devil's advocate here but like how can you have full self-love but not be happy on your own i gotta go i feel the same love. way as you well but. well i mean and and yeah and like i think i'd have to go to tibet and become a monk and then that's how i could and if i just 
like meditate all day on that self-love. I do. And I do see your point kind of like the devil's advocate. It's like, I'm advocating self-love and being able to be single. But at the end of the day, I'm advocating it because I think that that helps you find that person. If that's what you're looking for. Okay. But, but not everyone is looking for that and that's okay. That's true. And, And I still think it's important to love yourself even if you're not looking for that romantic partner, if you want to get success in business in the professional world, you're going to interact with people better. If you love yourself, right? If you practice the soda, the stop, observe, detach, awaken. And because again, just like in a relationship, if you get rejection, when you have self love, you don't take it personally. So in a professional setting, when you get fired, don't take it personally. You tried your best. You were your authentic self. So like, I do believe it's possible to be single for the rest of your life, but it depends on what your goal in life is. And if your goal in life is to become the best CEO of the best company, and that's awesome, and you do it, you still need that self-love. And that's important. So the self-love obviously plays into relationships and, you know, kind of like COVID, dating, a lot of people are kind of, you know, wifing up as they say, or husbanding up or whoever your <laughs> preference is, their relationship shipping up because, you know, the aloneness of COVID. So that's why we, that's where we got talking about, like, we need to talk about self-love, but I love that question because it, it kind of like, I don't think self-love is only for romantic relationships. So like you can be single me personally, no thanks. That's me. But I also kind of like cherish family and want to have a family of my own. But not everyone wants that. Not everyone yeah. wants these days. Like it's a, it's it's and it's great to value success and like your own personal success. It's whatever your self worth gets from. But the self worth will be even better if you also love yourself, and then you can like really appreciate every everything you've been through. So the self love really applies on like all aspects of life. But today we're kind of talking about the relationship part. <laughs> I think you said it perfectly where the self-love can help you meet that person if you're looking for it. And if you're not looking for that person, then that's how you can find fulfillment, which is, you know, within yourself or within your friendships or within your family. So I'm the same way. I don't think I'd be happy being single my whole life, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that, that I can't have self-love. So you said it perfectly. And I think you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, I, hey, no, I appreciate that. And like, it's, I think, I think it's just important. I just, I, I think that sometimes people put things in boxes is like, oh, so Ryan and Taylor talking about self-love with relationships. Well, I don't care about relationships, so I'm not going to listen to that. No, like, you know, it, it applies to everything. It makes us kind of like pat ourselves on the back after we give an accomplishment. It's like, good job. Not like, okay, you did this, but how could you have done it better? And why didn't you do it like this? We're, we, you know, a lot of the time people are very successful in life or because they kind of judge themselves so much, but they don't give themselves credit. And that's where the self-love comes in as well is like giving yourself credit again with relationships, give yourself credit for being vulnerable and putting yourself out there willing to get hurt. Cause that's scary. Right. And that's yeah. scary. And it's going to happen. So give yourself credit, love yourself that you were open to that, even if it didn't work out. And I think that's something that maybe a lot of people like kind of need to hear is like, 
it, it's a it's about like loving yourself for your mistakes as well as your accomplishments and that's the big thing i love that and it makes me think like even you know i spent you know a lot of 2018 i went on all these first dates and that was like a goal was to go on more dates and i think that you know sometimes i'd leave it a lot of the times actually and i'd be like ah I don't think they're the one for me. Maybe they're interested in me. And sometimes I would be hard on myself being like, they seem so nice and they're into me. Like, why can I like them back that way? But doing that, it made me realize, you know, what I was looking for. And it helped me develop more self-love. As weird as that sounds, maybe going on those first dates, but it does, it helps. It puts yourself out there, you know, and you're giving it a shot. And I liked what you said, which was that you have to applaud yourself for doing things like that and being willing to take the risk. And sometimes it's scary and it can be scary at first. And, you know, that's what risk is about because I've been in situations even where, you know, you're working a job, for example, and, you know, it's easy, you know, you could do it in your sleep. Like I've had, you know, retail jobs like that, where it gets to the point where you could do it in your sleep. And so it's really easy to do it and you, you can leave work and not be stressed at all but you get to a point where you get bored. This isn't everyone, I'm just saying. But then when you take on a new challenge, of course, it's a new risk and it can be challenging and you, get, you have to get over that hump of it being like, you know, a new job because you're training and you're learning and all of this, but you're worried that you're gonna mess up. And, you know, maybe even you have a bit of imposter syndrome, which I've definitely had before where it's like, how did I get this role? I've had that multiple times in my career. <laughs> and, you know, I saw a tweet that was like, you know, imposter syndrome actually can mean that someone is, um, is uh, um, I don't know if the word was perfectionist, but let me find it actually. Yeah, that, I, I need it, to find it because it, it, it's, it stuck with me. I found the tweet. So it's from Matthew Kobach and it's, his Twitter is at M-K-O-B-A-C-H. And he says, it's from February. And he says, why suffering from imposter syndrome is a good thing. It's common among high achievers. It means you know your own knowledge gaps and are motivated to fill them. The real danger is in thinking you know everything. It's impossible to learn something new if you already know it all. And that's so true. So what I'm trying to say with that and what Mm -hmm. I'm talking about here is risks can be scary for sure. But sometimes when you take that risk, you can find happiness. And I think that there's also risk in, you know, leaving the status, the status quo and focusing on yourself for a little bit. And maybe that is going on first dates or trying something new or yeah. applying to a job that you've always wanted in, in an industry that you've always wanted to work in. Because you know what? The worst that could happen is it won't work out. But like we've been talking about is it's a learning experience and you can learn from that and actually gain some more value in yourself and value your self-worth and have that self-love from it. And I think... Yeah, I completely agree. And one thing that kind of popped out in my mind is kind of like, you know, when we're talking about taking chances and something I've come to realize is that, you know, to kind of like be happy in life, we need to put ourselves in uncomfortable situations. And that may seem very like a redundant statement or not make sense or contradictory, however you may see it. But like, you know, if we only put ourselves in situations we're comfortable in, you get bored. So like, you know, putting yourself out there, going on the date, putting yourself out there, applying to a job you never think you could get, applying to a school program you didn't think you could get into. All these things, 
that makes us feel uncomfortable. But in the end, when we do those things and when we accomplish those things, it makes us feel good about ourselves. And when we don't accomplish them, don't beat yourself up. Keep back to the self-love and just keep trying because you at the end of the day will feel better about yourself and like almost like happiness, talking about happiness. Like you're going to be more happy when you do accomplish those things that were challenging. That's relationships, professional, family, just like school, whatever. Like it's about taking those risks. And again, it comes back having that self-love as like a foundation. And that's what we're talking about here today is having that strong foundation so that you can like be building up those things. And as they tumble down, it's okay. You have that foundation. Like, okay, now I'm going to just go to the movies by myself because I still love that. I love that. And I'm so glad that we talked about this. I found it helpful and, you know, we're hosting this podcast episode and I hope that you found it helpful too, but I know I feel like the listeners will too, because I found this really helpful and I'm glad that we discussed this and um, yeah. Thanks again for coming on. And I love this. I'm I'm sure we're going to talk about even more topics. (laughs) There's always more. I can't wait. Uh, You know, we'll get maybe a beer or two in us next time and we'll just really go off key or something. (laughs) We can have have like a really fun one here or there, but yeah, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate, you know, kind of you bringing me on, kind of giving me this opportunity, the platform to kind of like, you know, and share my own personal journey as well as like you talking about yours. Cause like, I think that's important to people to hear kind of like own personal journeys and you know, whatever it is, try and stay in the moment as well, right? Even with this current relationship that I'm super happy about, you know, I can get ahead of it in my future because it is so natural. But I got to remind myself that, again, bring myself back into the moment and, like, just remember, like, that self-love. And as long as I keep focusing on that, there's no mistakes being made. Everything I say, as long as I'm kind of, like, confident in myself, I'm not going to regret the actions I make try not to get too far ahead of yourself. Right. And I think that's another thing to kind of like take away is that really, you know, trying to be present in the moment. And I think self-love helps us do that. So yeah, it was great. It was great again, talking to you and I'm happy we could talk about this like self-love. So important. We need to love ourselves. I love that. And just take things day by day. Right. Yep. Moment by moment. Roll with the punches. Got to do (laughs) it. I love it. I love it. And uh, all the listeners know you can follow Is This Adulthood on Instagram. Uh, That's what the username is, Is This Adulthood. And on Twitter, ITA underscore podcast. My Twitter and Instagram is at Ryan Durgy, R-Y-A-N-D-U-R-G-Y. And I guess I could give mine out. Yeah, I was was waiting for you. That's your (laughs) cue. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so, uh, just follow me. My Instagram is at Taylor Blix, T-A-Y-L-O-R, B is in boy, L-I-X-T. I love it. All right. Cheers. COVID cheers. cheers. COVID. Again, again. A little, cheers. A little COVID cheers. <laughs>